from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur podcast. I'm your host, John Small, editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. And with me today is Judy Yi, who is the CEO and co-founder of KZEN, which makes cannabis-infused drinks. KZEN is committed to normalizing cannabis and inspiring new ways for consumers to enjoy its many benefits. And some of those new consumers are moms. That's what we're going to talk today. Moms. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And Judy Yi and her team recently launched something called Moms for Mary, which is a community blog for moms by moms who are sharing their stories and experiences with cannabis. And the idea here is to end the really unfair stigma surrounding parents and responsible cannabis use. Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you. So happy to be here today. And I'm, it's great to have you. Before we get into Moms for Mary, I'd love to get a little bit of your backstory and how you got into the business because you are not, you are a mom yourself and you are not a likely maybe candidate for running a cannabis company. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you discovered cannabis in your own experience. Yeah, so my personal journey into cannabis is really only a few years in the making. Quick background, I grew up as an Asian American first generation immigrant. My dad is ex-military. And so I grew up with kind of this false narrative or perception of cannabis in terms of its effects, as well as the people that use cannabis. So right around when my daughter was, you know, just getting it back into school and I was coming back into the workforce and also assuming my active lifestyle again. By the way, I used to dance with the NBA Sonic Dance Team. And I used to be an avid runner. So anyways, took some time off there. And so when I was kind of kind of coming back into my life after raising my daughter for a few years, so found my body recovery and the things I used to do for um, pain management and just wasn't as worked as well as I did before. And it really wasn't until I had some trusted friends and other dancers and, and, and runners that said, hey, have you tried cannabis? And I said, well, I really wasn't an option for me because I, I have some asthma and so I can't smoke it. They said, well, it's, there's other formats that you should really think about and try. And so at that time, I was working also for a beverage company um, called Crystal Geyser, and I was in charge of product innovation. And so, of course, I got curious and, and thought about, gosh, could, how would this be in a beverage format? So I started playing with, you know, some formulations and also started to consume myself in multiple ways and really thought that this was going to be like that next disruption and in the health and wellness industry, if you will. And so that's really kind of the, the genesis of Kazen. you know, it was kind of the intersection of my personal experience as a new cannabis user or the most unlikely cannabis user. And also looking at the changing landscape of consumers, you know, how they view cannabis and as states continue to legalize, I thought it was just a great time to get into the space and actually create products for people like myself that are looking for alternative ways to consume cannabis if smoking wasn't an available factor for them. And so that's Kazen. And Kazen, you know, really is double down on beverages as a form factor because I really do believe beverages, unlike other kind of consumables, is where a lot of people try new ingredients. You know, if you think about turmeric, kombucha, those kind of things really didn't exist. And I think cannabis is that next big 
driving factor to change the game, how people consume cannabis. So you're a mom, right? I am. Yes, I am. An elementary school age daughter. Yes. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about this idea of Moms for Mary and why you're focused on moms as consumers of cannabis and, and tell us a little bit about the genesis of that. Yeah, you know, just even the first few years of entering the space and, and becoming a consumer myself, I found my own coming out of the cannabis closet experience was quite interesting. Went from hiding it to actually celebrating it, realizing that there's so many other moms and other parents that actually have been even longer consumers of cannabis, and it just never was shared or talked about. So I felt like there's a lot more information. I think we can all benefit from each other because cannabis is, is such a is such a unique plant and it has it's still so many cannabinoids are waiting to be discovered. I felt like we can also help each other educate among ourselves and also introduce ways to enjoy a cannabis and incorporate and, and that into our lives. So that really was kind of the genesis even before the pandemic. You know, I felt that there was definitely kind of a movement in that area. And then when the pandemic hit, Everyone was, you know, stocking up on alcohol. <laughs> I started to be much more active and saying, hey, I started a cannabis company. We now have cannabis beverages. Have you even thought about cannabis as a solution to dealing with stress, anxiety, sleep, depression? And I found the response to be overwhelmingly positive. And for those that haven't tried it, super curious. And so that's when I realized like, hey, now is, is the right time to have that conversation because it's been pent up. It's been behind closed doors. And I think people are actively seeking, you know, more natural solutions other than pharmaceuticals or even alcohol for that matter in this, you know, really trying times. And so that's really when we got together as, as a, as a company. And by the way, my company is mostly women. And so we all kind of talked about this and said, you know, we all have these experiences. We all have our tribe that have been talking to us about this, why not amplify and expand the conversation? And so that was, you know, the starting point of Moms for Mary. Yeah. And it's, it's really a great idea. What is it, you know, I'm curious what the pain points are really for moms and cannabis. Like, is it, is it the same as other groups or what are you finding the reason moms might stay away from cannabis and, and what can we do as an industry to kind of bring them into the family a little bit more? Yeah, you know, I'll just speak to my own personal experience. I know everyone's situation is different. First of all, I'm a, an Asian American first generation mom. I, th I think within even my cultural group, there's different stigma and different expectation just with my background. And then at the same time, I think I also have an elementary age daughter. I was in charge. I was involved in the PTA. So there's a lot of expectations about being a role model, right? Um, if you're going to be in a position of leadership at the school level and the school community, and then being an Asian American woman, I think already there's a lot of preconceived expectation about what does a good mom look like? What does she do? What does she not do? As a mom, I think coming into this, even before cannabis enters a conversation, there's already a lot of, I would say, pressure and expectation about being a good mom. So for me, you know, personally, you know, when cannabis came into the fold and not only as a consumer, but being a founder or CEO of a cannabis company, it really tripled down on that, you know, that pressure for me. But I really found it to be rewarding because I say 95% of the times when I actually 
talk to people about what I'm doing, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Everyone was super supportive and then also became much more um, aware and educated along the way. So for me, it was kind of my own kind of advocacy for something I believed in. And I always found that when I get behind a product or a service I fundamentally believe in, it just doesn't feel like a job. It just feels like it's part of who I am. And so, you know, so that that for me with can't with what I've, I've been doing as a founder and also now with Moms for Mary, I feel like it's just another step in my journey of advocating for something that I believe in. Yeah. So you you have these blog posts and I was reading through some of them on your site, but I'm curious what are sort of the main issues that you're finding early on in this iteration of this blog, but also just in your own experience, you know, talking to moms that you know in your own life, what are some of the um the questions that they they most have? Like what are what's on their mind about cannabis? Yeah. I think um it depends on how familiar each the mom is with cannabis as for herself. But I think the common thread I hear a lot about is how do you talk to kids about it? You know, and, and especially it's different for moms that have teenagers, different for moms that have babies, right? So very different in terms of like kids' awareness and tune with what your what their parents are, you know, actually doing. So there's a lot of, I think, just kind of discussions about not so much like, hey, do you have the answer? But just like, how are you guys talking to your kids about it? What questions have they asked? Do they know? You know, so there's a lot of kind of sharing of just like moms do it could be about homework or soccer practice but it's generally you know about like how are you sharing this experience with with your kids what questions are coming up for you how have you responded and i think it really does differ between a mom of a 16 year old versus a mom of like you know eight year old and for me my daughter's elementary school age and um, so my, the questions that come up for me and the dis- discussions we have at home is, is probably more like educational, like she's curious and we talk about the plant, we talk about where it comes from and why is it now just becoming a little bit more mainstream, you know, she's like, oh, so you guys didn't consume it as, as you know, you're growing up mom, you know, so, so there's, there's more of that kind of conversation than actually getting into some of the tougher conversations around it being illegal and, and why certain states are, are still, you know, not legalizing. Like we don't have that kind of conversation at the house because she's just not at, of age to talk about that. But that I would say is one of the, the common thread across all the parents and the moms I've talked to is around kids and how to talk to them about it. So I've got a 15 year old and, you know, I'm in the cannabis industry and then I work for green entrepreneur and I talk to a lot of people in the industry. And of course, a lot of product is getting sent to my house for review. So there's no way around it. Like it's around the house. And there's this kind of balance of like explaining the good of it, like that it's medicine, that it helps people and that, but also not like encouraging him to go into my drawers and start smoking it, which I don't think he has, but who knows. Uh, <laughs> he definitely has, no. yes. <laughs> but you know, like, so I'm sure that's the question that a lot of moms have now, a lot of moms aren't in my position where they have a lot of cannabis in the house, but they might, I mean, I guess the point is that they do probably have cannabis in the house. And what do you tell them? What do you advise or what will you do when you're, when your daughter gets older? Yeah, for us, you know, I do have a place where I, I keep all of my cannabis products and my products are the ones I have are mostly edibles again, because of my asthma. And so for me, it's really important because some of the edibles look 
great. You know, like it's, it's, it's colorful. It looks good. Right. So physically being kind of out of reach was important for our household. And so that that's something we've definitely implemented, but you know, she does see products laying around. Like I have my drinks or I have some other stuff and she knows that triangle. <laughs> and, and in fact, she kind of looked at it and discovered it first before I even talked to her. And about we're talking it. about the triangle. I, I guess it's, it's definitely on, it says THC, right? We're showing it on Zoom right now. This is a California thing. I don't know if that's in every state, but it's a triangle that indicates that something has THC in it. Right. And it's got the, the, the triangle with the plant and then CA below it. So she knows that when she sees that it is, it's got cannabis and cannabis is just like alcohol. It's for 21 year old and up. So from a product like access, we've limited her, you know, definitely from that, but also we don't make it like a big taboo. So it's it's not this conversation that comes up and we, we we quickly try to like wind it down, you know? So as long as there's some questions and she wants to talk about it, we talk about it. So, you know, for us, she asks about why is it only 21 year old? So, you know, we talk about, um, and I talk about together with alcohol. I said that there are certain things that you consume as adults that makes you feel a little bit more relaxed, but like a lot of other things, you have to consume in moderation. So that kind of um, con control of consumption is better managed, you know, when you've got, um, as when you reach a certain age and our government deemed that to be 21. And so that's why it's 21 and over and then never consume this, you know, when you are uh, you know, doing something that's really important, like, you know, you, you, like driving or operating some kind of vehicle. So we talk a little bit about it in that way, because she's more curious about why a certain age and kind of the effects on that. Yeah. I want to shift gears a minute because you had mentioned that there's a stigma in your community, Asian American community, about weed and, and marijuana. And, and tell me about the first time you told your parents that you were in that business. That how did they respond to it? Yeah, no, that, I laugh because I I just had my mom here. Um, she actually lives in Washington, which has been legal a lot longer than here in California. So she's also English as second language. So we speak mostly in Mandarin. And the first time I told her was probably six months after Kazen was formed. She knew I was starting a beverage company. And she said, well, what's so different about this one? You've worked at Food & Bev your whole career. I said, well, it's, it's made of a special ingredient. And she goes, what is it? And I said, you know what? The next time I go to Seattle, let's have a talk about this. <laughs> so when I flew to Seattle that summer, you know, I had this whole thing ready to share with her. And I was trying to find a different word for marijuana. In Chinese, it sounds really kind of harsh. It's called dama, which means like da is big and ma is like something that's really like shaky and bad. But I couldn't find an alternative word. So I, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna have to go in and, sit and use this word that's has such a negative perception in the in the uh, Chinese community. And so I told her, I said, Mom, the drinks I'm making has this ingredient, Dama. And I said, you know that it's legalized in Washington. And let me tell you why I'm doing this, you know? And so I shared with her my experience and that it's got other benefits. You know, I talked about pain. I talked about sleep. And she has trouble falling asleep. And she also has some pain issues. And and so she got really curious. And so it became, instead of a, a judgmental conversation that I expected, it became an educational conversation. And then I had also another friend in the industry who actually makes the emulsion for a lot of cannabis beverages. And he's a Chinese native speaker. And, and so he wrote a letter. I asked him, I said, can you, because my Chinese is limited. I said, can you write a letter to her, my mom? I just explained to her 
about the scientific aspects of cannabis. And so he did that. She totally appreciated it. She still even have the letter. And now, I mean, I wish I could share a picture like on her nightstand, you know, she's got her uh, THC like topical. And sometimes she has the the sleep tonic to help her go to sleep. So just seeing my elder Chinese mom actually embrace it was in itself like worth the journey so far of being able to really improve her life, but also overcome her multi decades of like perception of negative perception of cannabis. Yeah. We're in a, an unfortunate time and it's being highlighted much more in the media, but it's always been there of this sort of stop Asian hate period and violence against Asian Americans in this country. And I'm wondering if, if that carries on in your experience, kind of a bias or a prejudice in the cannabis industry. Have you felt any particular, not violence necessarily, but prejudice in your own dealings in this industry, or are we kind of immune from it as compared to the rest of the world? Yeah. Within the industry, I have to say, this is probably, I've been in different industries, worked over 20 years. This has probably been the the one industry that I feel like women in general, and even women of color have been more embraced and and accepted. And and to your question specifically of, you know, these past few months, um, being Asian American in the industry, I have not, I'm happy to say I have not felt any mistreatment because of that, but can't say that for the rest of my life, (laughs) Um, you know, in terms of other aspects of my life, but but within the industry, within the capacity that, you know, of of being a CEO in cannabis, I've never, if anything, I think people, I mean, I've I've had some people that I met, you know, sometimes, and this is back when more face-to-face meetings, they're just like, we're so happy you are here because your background and, and what you represent is changing the narrative. So that was very much acknowledged early on and it continues to be. If it, if anything, the recent, all the recent situations happening, if any, I've had people reach out to me just like, hey, how I'm so sorry this is happening. Can't even begin to say I can I can understand, but what can I do? You know, how do I stand and, and help with this? And so if anything, I, I feel very much supported by my fellow brothers and sisters, you know, in, in the industry. That's great to hear. What about your consumers? Do you have a sense of how many are from our Asian Americans? You know, are is the same stigma that you encountered when you were younger about cannabis is probably experienced by a lot of Asian Americans. Do you think that that's a market that's on the rise or is that a market that needs to be marketed to and and educated more or what's your feeling on that? I think it's a generational thing. I think um, the current younger millennial generation, you know, 21 to 35, I think they probably have a much more accepting perception of cannabis than let's say, you know, people in the Gen X or even, you know, early boomer generation. So I think the education is different. I think that with the younger generation, they might not be as familiar with, you know, drinking cannabis, but smoking cannabis, yeah, it's, it's something that, that's something that's more familiar. So it's more less about educating like marijuana itself, but like, hey, remember that brownie that knocked you over in college? This is not the same. Here's why, right? Technology has improved. Food science has improved. We also have like really stringent testing requirements so that the potency is when it says it's this much, it's that every single time. So I think it's kind of that education. Whereas you're talking to like 55 year old that might have had cannabis when they're in college, haven't come back to it for a while for whatever reason. I think that education is a little bit different and, you know, helping them understand what's right for them. You know, some people ask me, 
I don't understand like five milligram, 10 milligram, like what is that? How do I know what's right for me? So I think a lot of a lot of times for the more inexperienced user, it's really helping them understand like what does that mean and CBD versus THC, the ratios, the strains, you know. So I think I think it depends on the consumer journey and and who you're speaking to. So what can we look for from uh, Kazen in the next year or so? What do you got in store aside from moms for Mary? Yeah, so we, you know, we, our whole thesis is the modern cannabis consumer is diverse in their needs and, and also kind of like their familiarity. And so we knew that going into this industry, beverages was still quite nascent, right? Um, and so to really kind of start the cannabis beverage category, we thought we needed to have at least a variety of products to address the different needs of the different consumers. And so right now we have a portfolio of products, everything from 100 milligram uh, metered shots. That's great to drink on its own, or it's you can dose it out to put into your mocktails to a really light dose, five and five milligrams of THC, CBD, a light refreshing drink called Madly Spritzers. It's more for the can of curious, for the can of moms that are looking to continue to have the um, experience of their wine and other sparkling drinks, but want something that is less taxing on their bodies that alcohol sometimes have. So we have products like that for that consumer. And then we also have the Mad Little Sleep Tonic, which is the first ready to drink with CBN, which is a cannabinoid when combined with THC is known to provide you know, sedative, relaxing properties. So those are, those are our product portfolio right now. And what we're doing this year is expanding the variety of the flavors that's available as well as different formats. So we're looking at, you know, delivering it in a powder format, for example, so you can like, you know, mix it with your favorite liquid on the go. So we've got a lot of exciting new product initiatives, you know, to build out that our current product line. And then at the same time, having these great conversations for moms and dads, you know, along the way. And by the way, it's not just for moms. Like we know dads just as important, right? I mean, come on, Jonathan, you know, the modern household, it's not just, you know, dads are stepping in, especially with the pandemic too. And and so we're super excited to also start the conversation in June as we lead up to uh, Father's Day is to have some discussions with dads about it. And, and it'd be interesting to kind of get, see the differences between mom and dads about the topic. Yeah. Well, if people want to get involved in moms for Mary or dads for Mary, I'm trying to think of another, of a D word for, for Mary. I can't think of one right now. Dads for, yeah, I can't think of one right now, but I will. Dads for Dank. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Dads for Dank. That's perfect. <laughs> dads for Dank. This is why they pay you the big bucks. Dads for Dank's great. But what should they do and what can they do? How can one get involved with that? Yeah, so um, if they want to visit our blog, first of all, it's um, it's with our Mad Lily brand site called drinkmadlily.com. So our blog right now resides there. So they can also find us at um, our Instagram handle, which is drinkmadlily. And, you know, right now we're, we're, we're just, it's so, it's so grassroots, but um, there's a place where you can actually contact us if you want to contribute or if you have a question about something. Coming up on Mother's Day, um, we are going to have a, a couple of you know, IG, IG live discussions around the topic. And we're going to be posting the, uh, the first one um, coming out of the Mother's Day weekend on our drinkmadlily.com website on May 10th, um, on Monday. So people can tune into that. It'll be me conversing with another mom. Her name is Shanitria. She has a site called Blunt Blowing Mama. So it's going to be fun and to kind of get, you know, have that conversation with her and kind of her perspective, being a Black-owned entrepreneur in the space and, and also a cannabis advocate. 
Well, this all sounds really great. And thank you so much, Judy, for taking the time to talk to us about, about your initiatives, about your company. And I wish you best of luck now and now that the world's hopefully post-pandemic here. And I uh, hope to see you soon at one of our these events. Likewise. Yeah. I'm so happy you're you're uh, having this conversation, this platform for us to talk about. And um, and invite all your listeners to come um, join the conversation. Drinkmadly.com, Moms for Mary. Thank you. Yeah. I'm in happy Mother's Day to you and to everybody listening. Thank you very much to you as well. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later. <laughs>